this is how valid is the validity. What's that thing called when, when they do the, the, is that the Fortnite dance or something? It's, oh, I don't. It's called, it's called the floss. Now see where you get your moves from. You've been watching the YouTube, learning them from this girl. I, I, I swear to, I swear to God, I've been practicing for three years, the floss. Okay. And, and my teeth still feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, leading off of the dad jokes look, tonight. Look who is back in the studio is Chad, the main man, Beardown. The French it Chad, is, Chad It Beardown. is good to be back. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The view was nicer when I was sitting on the beach last week mm-hmm. than it is currently. Yeah, but you can't make as much money as you make here at the old uh, How Valid is the Validity. Oh, yeah. I yeah. must. I must. My checks must have got lost <laughs> in the mail, even though I'm sleeping in the next room. Look, somebody said floss. Thank you so much, <laughs> Kelly. Thank you. That was a horrible death. <laughs> Listen, Brooke, I got so much. I got so much news. I can't even. It's it's coming out of my pores, and I'm so excited about tonight's guest. I can't even tell you. We've been talking. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Now. I'm, I mean, I'm. You might have to interview him. I'm pretty drunk at this point. <laughs> I'm. I'm pretty drunk at this point. I've. I've. I have no ability to. Glad he's back. You were missed. That's my dad. That's oh, my dad. Good to see you, Mister Weaver. That, that's my dad saying that. Yes. Yeah. Dad, don't even give a, a, a hoot that I'm here. That I'm here. That I'm here. Uh, so tonight it's going to. We have a plethora of information and fun times uh, to offer. Uh, Don Gatling's in the in in the studio. I I knew that that he had a history. I knew I knew that was part of. Uh, uh, of that because I made not, him sound really bad. I knew he had a history. No, no, no. <laughs> I, history as far as just, you know, is it num- this numerating immense amount of music that he's played and, and things that he's done over the years and, and, and just a really an arch enemy to the Chris Weaver band at the stage. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 I mean, let's just face it. All right. I, everybody used to say, yeah, you're good. You're just not Savannah Jack. Good. You know? And I used to get that all the time. I'm like, well, screw it. If I drink enough, I'm as good as anybody. I'm better than anybody. Oh, you know what? Get out of here, Don. <laughs> Get out. Wait till you hear this story. But Don's here for a good reason, a special Olympics. And it's uh, and then we're going to under, understand the history, which is fun because it's uh, a lot of Nashville history before before Nashville was a thing. Also, also, you know, we're, we're looking at, um, uh, you know, it's hard for me because I, I read, you know, really from Friday till today, I, I read and I watch and I, you know, I'm just trying to see. Uh, what's going on in the world? To, to, what the hell to talk about? Smart, whatever the case is. We got some Nashville news. It, it looks pretty similar across the country, even today, as it did uh, two weeks ago. Pretty much the autonomous zone in, in the West Coast has moved from Seattle to Portland, and it's pretty much the same stuff, only this time. Uh, Chad. Yes. Uh, only this time, uh, people in unmarked vans would just come out and get you. Huh? Thank God. M- Merry Christmas. <laughs> huh? Merry Christmas. What have you been doing this week? Oh, nothing. Just riding around a minivan with some soldiers. Oh, that's. Uh, did you see the uh, the Chicago mayor tweeting about it? No. What was She's, that? She she sent out a tweet that said um, said uh, if we're going to pass legislation uh, barring 
Trump's special armies from showing up and kidnapping our citizens. Oh, special armies? Yeah. yeah. You mean maybe, the only army? Maybe you should uh maybe you should worry about the massive amount of people who are shot in your city. I, I gotta be honest Sweden. with you. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I'm not not trying to get religious, but I, I do remember I, I there was a point in my life when I was trying to find, uh, you know, which religion I thought I wanted to learn more about. So, you know, I went through Buddhism and, and, and all that kind of stuff and womenism and feminism. I went through all those isms. And, and, and one day uh, asking this question, I, I wanted to uh, a Jehovah's Witness came to the house. Right. Right. Yeah. So 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 he, he you know, he, he was, op- he was he on a bicycle. No, no, he I actually lived in a hallway that smelled really bad back then. This is <laughs> this is when I only had in Grafton, West Virginia, I had a two uh, bedroom apartment uh and and it was uh, $195 a month a month. And wow. it was it was pretty amazing. Anyway, he had to he really had to do some serpentine uh things to get into this. But I remember I was like the day the night before I was like, "God, just, you know, I'm just trying to learn about why in the am I here? What is the point of me? I don't get it." Is this just a video game and I'm just a, one of those players that spawn, uh, you know, get hit by the guy that was actually playing in, in Grand Theft, whatever the case is. So the next day he comes up and I get a knock on the door and it's this Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, dude, I'm going to tell you something. You came to the right apartment today. You came to the right place because I want to know everything about you. And the light up his face because you know this guy's been oh, yeah. just going through the ringer for for however long. And, and so he comes in and so I start. So. He sits down one day, a third or fourth time I meet with him, and, and, and he says something interesting to me. The first part of Jehovah's Witness is very interesting. Uh, it, it has a very it, things that you can really relate to about the Bible, uh, you know, how, how the Bible is viewed, that kind of thing. But, but he did say this one thing, that, 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 that what this is, our life here, is, is God's way of making a, uh, it's kind of a court case. Because God has said, you know, in the biblically, if you just look at the Bible, the man's not supposed to govern himself, whatever the case is. So he said, this is what this is. We're allowed to just, we're going to do this. So God, for future creation, God can say, look, you have free will, but as far as governing yourself, it's never possible, blah, blah, blah. So my point to this is, right, you can't govern yourself it goes to biblical standpoint that you can't govern yourself. We're not made to govern ourselves. So what in the hell makes anybody think after Seattle that you were just going to be able to go 500 miles south and they were going to let you do the same thing again? We're not. It was a court. Seattle, unfortunately, was a court case. You can't have autonomous zones in this country and think that, it, that people are going to be able to just to police themselves and be okay and everything's just going to be peaceful and there's going to be daisies growing. And then they get pissed off and sue people because the police don't show up. Exactly. You can't win. So what did you think was going to happen? Like you were just going to go down the street and all of a sudden this stuff was just going to change and these people are different? No. I mean, there was one guy beating a CVS window out and then when he realized he got through it and CVS doesn't sell smokes, it was you might as well they burnt the place down. Jesus. They don't sell cigarettes anymore. God dang it. I'm over it. It's something. That was a really long story to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that? Did you notice that? Uh that being said, New York, Nashville. Nashville's Nashville Broadway may never open up again. 
And not as not as long as the mayor we have. No. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Tell me right now. There's not a there is a group of people right now that is trying to get enough signatures to oh, yeah. close I, Broadway. Oh, to close Broadway? Close Broadway. They want it closed. We're on national news. TMZ did a story. Oh, I mean, I, I saw the TMZ story about how they're spreading coronavirus because nobody's wearing a mask down there or whatever. Well, nobody's wearing a mask. No, uh, no, they, were, they weren't. Um, I would not seen that particular. I saw the petition to recall the mayor. If I used Twitter, if I thought Twitter was viable, I would have brought the tweet up. But Twitter is so awful. Just even saying the, the word Twitter hurts my feelings. It's uh, it's interesting. It's like my I don't last. trust birds, number one. <laughs> Have you ever met a bird you could trust? I'm sorry. Hey. Every hey. bird I ever saw, I, I promise you, wanted to, to take a crap on me, just wanted me to get close enough to take a crap. Look, speak. I, so I was last week when I was down in, uh, I went down to the Keys and did some fishing. The only thing we caught was a bird. My buddy cast his line out. It wrapped around a bird. I, I saved this bird. I, I grab it, and I pull the line off of its neck, saving it from the grips of death. And the sucker bites Bite me. you. Yeah. But I threw it birds are not ocean. Birds are not your friends. Birds are dinosaurs that have just shrunk down over the years. That's bird, all a bird is. Bird's the word. No, bird is the word. It is the word. Bird is the word in the sense that stay away from birds. So Twitter, to me, is is exactly what the devil has been trying to produce and and give to society. I have never seen something on Twitter where I was like, that makes sense because it's a, it's a bird, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, Clint's tweets are pr pretty interesting. Uh, I, you know I, what? What a name I, dropper. I watch his. No, no, you, go ahead. You got any other names you want to drop? Friend. Huh? You want to say, and he's drop some other names. Um, name dropper. Don, Don can, Don, Don can drop some Don. names. Don actually, you know, but you no, no, don't, don't name drop here. I'll pick it up. Sorry. So city after city, this is what's funny. You're trying to base opening up on the fact of uh, uh, these numbers that the CDC and, well, now just the federal government because the CDC is getting skipped, which is fine. It's all whatever. But you come out with, with now the, the governor's understanding that some of these numbers aren't real because they, they aren't, they aren't, they're only just telling you the cases of positive cases. So if you have a hundred thousand positive cases and six million negatives, you only knew about the hundred thousand positives. Right. And you have places like Orlando who was accidentally reporting a hundred percent. So they they reported that all their tests were positive. There's a two, two stories that have come out. Look, Brian, Brian, that's, that's the best fish story ever. You're, that, welcome, you're welcome, Brian. Jesus God Almighty. You ever wonder why you try to talk serious? Uh, you know, because people, you know, we really all the all I'm, the serious stuff that I'm talking about right now. And this this I'm glad Brian liked my story. Maybe I'll go bird fishing with Brian. Sometime. You know what? <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't know how many times I've been fishing. And I was like, God, I just if I could catch a seagull. We we did. I don't know how it happened, but it did. I did kill a pterodactyl once going through Arkansas. <laughs> so those are what if you those Arkansas mosquitoes. I'm going to tell you something I mean, right now. No. If you go through Arkansas, there are parts of Arkansas 
where if you go through and a pterodactyl came down and took your car and took it up into the mountains, you, nobody would say, wow, that's that's messed up. It there is there's nothing. It's just green forest. It looks like it doesn't matter. I'm from West Virginia, so I can say whatever I want about other people's state because, you know, that's just the right. Just like Alabama. That's right. Regardless. Regardless. So we got all that to talk about tonight. There's no question. I mean, the, the, the Portland thing by itself. The other thing is, and this is something I kind of want to talk about with you a little bit, uh, just in general, is, is what happens after this week and $600 a week on top of your unemployment is going to be gone. That's, a, that's an interesting ball game. Service industry is going to change. Nobody's going to be open, and all these waiters and waitresses and service people aren't going to have jobs still because nothing's open. And right. there's and and now there's no six hundred dollar stimulus, right? They're talking. Well, the Democrats want to continue the six hundred dollars a week past January. Well, until January twenty twenty one. Can we afford that? I don't know how we're. I mean, we just print more money. Uh, wait, right. hey, right. just we'll just increase another thirty four percent property tax. Oh my God. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll pay for it. I, I mean, we'll close Broadway, which is you know the major tour tourist attraction here in Nashville. Right, we'll and also, then raise property. We'll also, <laughs> we'll also give them another thirty four percent tax increases on that. property. I'm going to tell you something right now. Your closed property. My house was worth. Let's just say my house was worth a thousand dollars last month. Okay. Right. My house right now. I would have to pay a guy a thousand dollars. And then give him moving cost. Moving cost. You, we quickly went from the biggest seller's market in the country. Oh to, yeah. To nothing. Now I would say I wouldn't say anything right now. Last month, the United States twenty one percent up on prop on 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 house sales. With interest rates to, to buy right now would be a great time to refinance. I mean, I'm not a guy. I'm not a the banks are giving you money. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. It is insane because I, when I first moved to Nashville, I did one thing I did do before I did other stuff. Like what I came here for was actually mortgage loans. And there were, there are loans and I didn't know this, but there are loans that the bank pays you to, to sell. Right. right. And so back then it was arms. Remember that? So, so people would buy a mansion and they would do it on a five year arm paying only interest. And the payment would be twelve hundred bucks, and that was the interest monthly interest payment. Wow! And, and so, and that's how we got into the two thousand eight financial home crisis. Right. Yeah. Which luckily didn't hurt Nashville too much, but the rest of the country. I mean, you know, I mean, my parents. I put them in a home. I don't even know where they are. As a matter of fact, you have to. Back then, in two thousand eight, we had to sell their house. I had to roll the dice, and and just they were like, we might know where they're going to be. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Hopefully Craig knows. I'm trying to be a musician. (laughs) I'm trying. Okay. Okay. So right now, everybody, uh, I want to bring on my guest uh, first. And, and we, this is our, actually our first, I think first live guest we've ever had in the studio. This is a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, Don Gatling is, is a Savannah Jack is how I know him. uh, But he's, his history is way beyond that. And very interesting as far as Nashville going back a long way before it was what it is now and and what it's probably going to turn back into so he knows here's a little clip uh, of don and then we'll have him on here 
shortly. And I know mama worried how I turn out to be But sometimes the apple falls far from the tree Well I am my father's son But I won't do what he's done Everybody, my guest, Don Gatling. How are you doing, sir? Great. I'm, I'm so honored to be your first official in-studio guest. This is a big deal. It's a big deal for me. I appreciate it very much. Michael Clayton Harris. He, you know, Michael, uh, uh, you know, have you been out to San Diego? Yeah, I've been to San Diego many times. Right. So have you played uh, uh, Moonshine Flats out there? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's Michael right there. Yep. There it is. There it is. The uh, There's Moonshine Flats and Moonshine... Beach. Beach, yes. Played them both. So we'd like to say thanks to Guidance Whiskey for giving us our cocktails tonight. Yes. Fantastic. Right. Here, this is to you. It's good to see you. Yes. Thanks for being in the studio, Chad. Thank you. I'd toast you, but uh, nobody toasts water, you, you puss. <laughs> Well, I was telling him that I didn't drink for the first 36 years of my life. Not a drop. And um, I got to understand something. So what was the drugs like then? I didn't do I, <laughs> I, I was the biggest, biggest nerd. And in, in fact, I grew up in, uh, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, we lived out in, it was called Brady's Run Holler. And I even wrote songs about that. Growing up in that kind of world where your, your nearest neighbor was six miles down the road, you know? And, um, I, I, growing up there, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm from Morgantown. Yes. Right. So uh, Grafton, which yeah. is right up the road. I mean, I just kind of wanted to know, you know, how do you get to 30? A lot of people would want to know, how do you get to 36 without having a drink or oh. a drug or anything? Right. I mean, I just, I, I was like, what I was saying, I was such a nerd that I didn't have any interest in anything but uh, music. And actually I felt like which I probably still am like a, like a, like I felt odd and weird because I was so obsessed with everything. I wanted to know every, uh, every song. I wanted to know every writer on every song. I wanted to know who produced it. I want to know everything at a very, very young age. I used to go in my room and like, I get a new album, be it Captain Fantastic, like the shirt I got on <laughs> and, uh, learn the whole album before the end of the night, you yeah. know? And I, and I just, I didn't have anybody around me in that area that was obsessed with music. Like I was, and boy, when I got to Nashville, I found out this is my home because there's other people that just love it. I go to you, know, you go to a local coffee shop, and you can sit and talk with somebody about a album, a yeah, particular that's record, right, that's right. for two hours. That's right. And I, I, I went, this is my home. I, you know, I was so relieved when I got here that I wasn't the only weirdo. <laughs> but know. I mean, that still doesn't. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. To not to to have the career that you've had. Uh, especially at the young age and not in your, in your twenties and not have any kind of influence of, you know, not even for a second. I not mean, for, that's insane. Not for a second. I, um, but now you're an alcoholic, obviously I, pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> now you're a freaking alcoholic. No, I mean, you know, it's just, I, but, I always say it's like the Forrest Gump movie when he's running, you know, running and running, running, he stops and goes, you know what? I'm tired. I'm gonna go home. I'm going to go I'm done. That's exactly what I was. I was literally, um, uh, we were playing on the roof at Graham Central Station. That was oh our, that was our first gig. That was my old manager, Herb Graham, was my old manager. 
and we were playing on the roof. All right, back up. Okay. Back up. All right. Because this is very important. Yeah. Explain how you got here. All right, I'm going to do the quick version. Yes. All right, we were, my brother and I put a band together when I was uh, 12 years old, and he was he was 15. And um, we got real popular locally in, in our area I told you about near Pittsburgh. Um, and when I was 18 years old, I came uh, to Nashville and was on the You Can Be a Star on the old TNN Nashville Network show. Jim Ed Brown was the host. I was going to say, Jim yeah. Ed Brown. Okay. Yeah, and okay. I won the whole thing. I won the whole thing. And I was 18 years old. I was so cocky. I was like, I came down here. I remember uh, uh, Billy Paul, who's um, who's still a friend of mine to this day. I've known him for that long. Yeah. And uh, Billy goes to all the uh, contestants. Now, listen, only one of y'all are going to win this thing. So everyone make friends and just enjoy the experience. I, I turned to my brother and went, yeah, it's going to be me. You know, when you're 18, you're like, yeah, I ain't coming here to lose. It was now. Was, your brother wasn't. Was he in the show too, or just he actually, he actually did it um, two years earlier when I was 16, and he did good, but he didn't win it. So I they 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 heard I sang backup for him behind the curtain, and so I came back. They invited me back when I was so when you turn 18, you're on the show. So I, I I got on there and I won the whole thing, which won a record on Capitol Records. And um, was there any money? Uh, no, this was the year before they gave 50000 away. Oh, of course. Story right. of my life. Right, right. Story right. of my life. Right, right. And so, but we got to play the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, oh, at, age, I, at age 18, I stayed in this. Was that downtown or up in the... Uh, at this the... was the uh, Grand Ole Opry house. Okay. This one we did. Okay. And uh, Jim Ed Brown brought us on that one, too, with um, a then-unknown Lori Morgan. You know, and a lot, it was just incredible. And we did the Arthritis Telethon, too, which was a network show. They threw us on Mickey Gillian. We did it with all them, and... Uh, Danny White used to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah, was that TNT back then? No, this this was on CBS. Oh shit! Yeah, we okay. did. We, it was the network show we did when I was eighteen. It was incredible. So uh, it helped me with the ladies back in my senior year in high school. <laughs> Man, I was playing. I was playing sports. You know, which always is a good thing. You know, for the ladies. Yeah. You know, the girls. And then I go. You know, girls. I you know I can't uh, I can't go out with y'all this weekend. I got to play the Grand Ole Opry on CBS. See y'all. And it was definitely oh my good. God. It, was, it was definitely good for the ladies. Thirteen kids year. later. Yeah, thirteen kids yeah. <laughs> later. So, so I moved. Uh, of course, the following year, I moved to Nashville, and um, just just was working it, working it, doing lots of uh, demos. Got very lucky in that world. Became a um, uh, made a good living singing demos for uh, writers who can't sing. Right. Basically, uh, I'll, you know, yeah, I've been there. I've done. Sang on some songs that became you know were singles and became uh, cuts for other people. Um, what's what 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 is one okay this is something i want to i want to explain demo singing uh is, is something that was used to be a, a pretty big uh way for people to make money oh it was great for me right i mean yeah. and 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 i did a, some of it when i moved here not not to the extent that you have but you know the west high, west high towers and the yes and, and those guys of the world and and i mean you could make a uh, they made careers right i mean they whatever the case is so basically you take a songwriter's song who can't sing and he wants to pitch a song to uh, an artist. They would have the, a band play, and then you would hire a singer to demo the song to give to the artist. Right. 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 So, were at that point in time, were you doing all that work by yourself, or did you have? Were you signed to somebody at that? No, point? No, um, we were. My brother and I were playing out in Murfreesboro um, at a place called Bubba's. Then we moved to a bigger place. Um, what was the name of it? Um, I forgot the name of it. But um, we moved to a bigger place. And we had a big following out in Murfreesboro. So at night I was singing. In the day I was doing the demos. And I remember doing demos with people like Trisha Yearwood and all these great singers. Gretchen Wilson. I remember she was uh, oh, wow. on, on a lot of those. Uh, even Garth Brooks. I remember Studio 19. I did um, 
uh, the writer had more like two more uh, two songs were more poppy. And then he had a real country thing, and he brought Garth in to sing the country. So what, what what year was this, Don? Oh, this is in the late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah, okay. and then uh, in 1990, my brother and I got signed to Sony Epic Records. And what we did, um, the, the label came out to see us uh, at our club we were playing at. We were uh, had such a big following. And uh, I knew they were walking into a hurricane because these people were going to go crazy for us. And once they did, I, I knew we were going to get the deal when they came out to see us there. So we got signed. Um, Barry Beckett, the legendary Barry Beckett produced our first four sides. And then we switched to Mr. James Stroud after that. Oh my God. And then, um, we, um, we had, you know, of course had, um, the Jordan Ayers sang on the, on our, our first album. Uh, we, of course we had Brent Mason and all the guys on the, on the first record and it did really good for us. Um, no sir, a song I wrote, um, did real well. Um, and it helped us get nominated. My brother and I ended up getting nominated for duo of the year seven times. No kidding. Yeah, we got a CMAs, ACMs, all of them. And we lost to Brooks and Dunn all seven oh. times. <laughs> Every oh darn time. Oh, my God. My, I, the 1997 was the last time we were nominated. And I, I took my mom as my date. And my mom, again, hardly ever drinks and all that stuff. They gave out free champagne to the um, nominees and their guest. And my mom was my guest. So my mom never drinks. So she starts hitting that champagne. And she gets a little intoxicated. So next thing you know, my mom gets all, you know, intoxicated and she goes backstage with me and uh, she sees Dick Clark. She gets up in Dick Clark's grill and she said, my boys are better than Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> she starts cussing out Dick Clark because my boys are better than Brooks and Dunn. They sing better. They're way better. And you look 106 up close. <laughs> Swear to God. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She said, you look 106 up close, you bastard. Jeez. Can you say that one in the air? Yeah. So uh, my mom was my mom set Dick Clark straight. We, of course, we were never nominated again. No, I wouldn't imagine. That was yeah. it. That was it. Yeah. But it Not offered, until Dick Clark dies, and then that, now you're good. Yeah, you we're can, back. We're, get your brother back. We can come back. But, <laughs> but it was a great run. It was a great. We picked up a lot of fans, and that TNN was so good to us, and CMT, too. Uh, they threw us on every show. All the time, and all that TV exposure kept us on the road. Even though there, our songs kept failing in the in the 30s, 40s, or 50s, we couldn't get any higher than that. But um, the fan base was kept growing and growing and yeah. growing, and we sold a lot, sold a lot of albums. Even though we didn't have a lot of radio airplay, so um, it, that kept us going to 94. And then after that, um, I really wanted to focus on my songwriting. I done I wrote some songs for our albums, but I wanted to write songs for other people. My brother moved out of town. Um, he moved um, out and then eventually got down to Florida. He just, he wanted to kind of like the idea of being a big fish in a little pond Yeah, where I wanted to keep growing and growing as an artist and a writer and a, and a musician. So um, I started writing, writing, writing. Um, I got a, a publishing deal in 97. Uh, and I, my first Ralph the bat, I got cut with a group called Ricochet. I don't know if you remember them. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then a song by Emerson. I got, I got, uh, I wrote Emerson drives first single. Uh, and then, no shit. What, yeah, what, what was that song? It's called Love's a Trip. No it, kidding. It went, it went to number 11 in Canada. It did really good in Canada. Yeah. And then I wrote a song for Ricky Van Shelton. And then I just Holy kept going from Holy mother there. of God. And then I did, so I, that was my main thing. I mean, for those for those few years, the late 90s, I probably did I probably did 12 live performances singing in front of people. You were writing it. Mostly. I was in my cubicle every day, my publisher. Um, Who was the publishing company? It was Double J Platinum Entertainment. Uh, Juan Contreras, a legend in this town, signed me, um, which was, you know, again, it was an th- unbelievable moment in my life. And then uh, over the years, I've written for Toby Keith, 
you know, for his company and then other publishers. Right? Toby's was Big Dog or what? Show it, Dog. No, it was uh, Paddock Music, actually. Oh, Paddock Music. Paddock Music. And then uh, my current publisher, um, we'll do a shout out there, is Three Minutes Away, which I, I love them and I appreciate them very much. But um, so that that so it led, that led up to 2000. I, I've, I started getting the itch again. I wanted to, you know, I, I love performing more than anything. I yeah, love, and, I love and, writing. And it shows, it Thank shows. You. Well, I love all, doing all the other musical things, but performing is my favorite, favorite thing. So I got the itch again. So I um, started putting music together and wanted to try to get a solo deal. Um, a gentleman, the head of A&R at the time over at Sony goes, hey, let's sign here. I go, they're not going to re-sign me to the label I've already been on. Right. But he came up with a great idea. Yankee Gray, I don't know if you remember them. Uh, all things considered, I'm doing just fine. Oh, though yeah, yes. Those guys. And um, their lead singer had flipped out and kind of left town. And they still had a record deal, and they still were on tour. So so they said, hey, I wrote a song for them. So they said, hey, jump in there and uh, become take over the lead singing duty. So that's what I did. I jumped in there. So next thing you know, I'm back on the bus and touring the country as Holy the lead singer cow. of Yankee Gray. And then I kept writing songs. I, I, I wrote... Um, Songs for guys like Red Akins, uh, Mark Wills, and then I uh, wrote a song for Kenny Rogers, which is he's one of my heroes. So yeah. that was a big, big thrill. Uh, and this kept going from there. And then uh, uh, a guy solo deal with Curb H2E, um, and that put a whole album out. So excited. CMT did a big promo for it, and then it got shelved. My manager had a falling out <laughs> with the label. Chris, it broke my heart. I'm sure that was I one mean, of those curb, moments. Curb, I, I mean, broke, I know, uh, you know, you know, and I, we both know that yeah. that's, that's a very, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a curb is kind of that, that, that kind of situation over the years, but man, so where is that? You can't play that record or you can't put it out now or well, the, 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 I was very proud of that. The music video had my boys in it. My two sons were in the video and everything is a song called, uh, I want to be like him. He wants to be like me. I want to be like him. You know, it's, it was, I'm so proud of the song. And, um, so when that happened, when that went belly up, I mean, I was as depressed and it was the darkest time of my life. It really was. Cause I was like, man, I was a little, a little older at this point, you know, the early two thousands. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I said, you know what? I always loved harmony. I always loved being in a group. So I put a group together, Savannah Jack, um, the original lineup. So what year was that? That was 2003. Oh my God! Yeah. You guys have been around that long. Yep. And so um, we had no gigs. So I the the uh, my manager was Herb Graham at the time. He owned the Graham Central Station on Second Avenue in Nashville. He was a manager of music. He was yeah. He managed Trick Pony, Billy Dean, and myself, and a few others. So, um, the roof. I'm very proud to say this, Chris. I don't know if you knew this or not, this history or not, but the 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 roof uh, was a mess up there. So I said, you know, the ma the manager of the of Grams said, "Hey, if you clean this off, I said I want to clean this up and I want to play music on the roof." You you started rooftop music at Graham? I'm the first performer on the roof no in Nashville. Freaking yes, I way. am. Yes, I am. You can look it up. Savannah Jack, Holy myself, cow. we were the first ones to play on the roof. Now everybody does that it. was a big, huge freaking deal. Yes, it was. We were that was a big deal. Even when I was here, I moved here in 05. Yes, that was a huge deal. Second week, okay, the, the manager go. He goes, well, you know what, Don, we're we're not going to be able to do this because we don't, I can't afford to put a bartender up there because nobody's going to go up there. Oh my right? god! My bass player Brian Eckert at the time, his wife was a licensed. Bartender. You mean big muscle guy? Uh, no, no, no. This is uh, Brian Eckert. He's played with John Michael. McCormick. I got you. I got you. He's a good friend. He's that's the very early stages of this. Um, 
So uh, his wife was a licensed bartender. She goes, I'll bartend. I got my license right here. So we, had, we she bartended. The second weekend, it was slammed on the roof. And then the rest is history. So now we, now we had a venue. And then Matt Krause, uh, who played drums for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Matt was playing with somebody else at the stage on Broadway. And he got us a chance to get into there. And that's when we started playing the, the, the stage on Broadway. Unbelievable. And then, that, then we started, eventually would play all over the United States. You know, it just... That, but the stage was very important, very important gig for us. You just take your shirt off. Let's talk about that. All, that, all my little silly yeah. skits. You used to stick a, a, a bottle of water. Oh, my God, you know this. Know it. I used to watch you do it. Thanks. Okay? I mean, I, I, I would wa- shoot off I would shoot off cannons. <laughs> That's what got me fired from the stage. I didn't know that. Finally. Oh, yeah. I shot off a, a confetti cannon. That was my last stage gig. I thought that was cool. It it was until I I, I somebody. somebody's eyes right. got poked out. Yeah. But but let's let's get into this. Bishop makes a good point. So <laughs> you did. I mean, if this is one way to remember somebody, you'd stick a bottle of water down your pants yeah. and take your shirt off and come out and you go outside and do it. Yeah. So the band would be doing something. Where where did you get that idea? I've always like I always want to push the envelope. I'm I'm never going to be the coolest guy in the room. That that's never been my story. You know I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying I've never been that guy, the cool artist. The, I, I'm very, I've always been a mainstream type approach. But I've always pushed the envelope like, uh, on things like that. That's why I love the, the you know almost like an Andy Kaufman type thing. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. See. So I, mean, I, I always wanted to do things that just will shock people, just when they think they got us figured out. And I always want to turn the stage, even though it was a bar, I wanted to turn it into a concert. I wanted to turn it into an event where you never know what's going to happen. That's right. I literally, I remember this old couple coming to the door, and I purposely, I mean, they're like, what's going on here? It's so packed here. This is, what's going on? And I saw them walk in the door, and I purposely broke into Karma Chameleon by the culture front. <laughs> just to F with them. Just to totally F with them. Like, why are they so excited about a band doing Karma Chameleon? But that's the kind of thing I like to do. Like, just, we had a thing called the uh, Savannah Jack Wave. We make everybody do. We make everybody get on the floor. Yes, uh, yes, yes, then, yes. Then, then do all that thing. And we, um, all those kind of bits. And just when they, everyone expected that, I would never do it again. That's what I also love to do. I love to like, as soon as someone say, hey, do your thing. I'm no, done. It's retired. I'm out. And that's what happened to that. Basically, it was Purple Rain. Yeah, Purple Rain. That's right. And I would, at the end of the night, last song, just when they think they've seen everything. So I go, good night, everybody. They think I'm, you know, I'm leaving. The band's vamping on Purple Rain. I go out, take my shirt off, stuck, stick the water bottles <laughs> in my pants, come back with this, look like I have a gigantic schlong, you know, uh, and no shirt on, come back and finish Purple Rain. And I didn't put the mic on the, on the, like my penis is singing. <laughs> <laughs> and go, I love doing stuff like that. And then like the minute people started expecting it. You quit. I retired. It. Yeah. You know, and that, that's why I've always been that way. I mean, I guess if I ever, if I ever looked at that and thought, oh, that's dumb. It's because. I wish I would have thought of it, right? Like, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, because I tried to be so out there or whatever, and you, you know, it was hard to watch. It's it's always hard to watch other people, you know, doing stuff that you wish you were doing, and you have to kind of play it off like, ah, whatever. But it's the truth. I mean, and you have to follow that. Oh, That's exactly right, right? I, I mean, so you have to you have to get up there. After Chris, you, I would always, uh, you're the only band I would stay an extra hour after I get done playing the shift. That's at just the stage and, to watch and, you because you were always so great, man. And now that's I know now because that's just because you started drinking. No, I mean, that, no, no, no. no. 
So I mean, this doesn't this doesn't make me feel better anymore. Come it's just because you started drinking. I've, I'd listen to me too if I was drunk. We did a, a song. I would also do a song called Dirty Love, uh, and it would get pretty filthy. I'd get a girl on stage <laughs> if it was her, if it was her birthday or uh, she was getting married or something. And I wrote the song called Dirty Love, and it was just flat out hardcore filthy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and it was like, and it, would, but it, but it'd be self-deprecating myself. You know what I mean? Like, like the girl, best songs are. Yo, girl, I'll give you the best two minutes of your life. You dirty love. You know, it's all just totally putting myself down the whole time. So they never got offended by it, even though it was so filthy. Because I've the whole time I'm going, you know, I got a mirror over my bed that says objects are larger than they appear. <laughs> Are lyrics. you freaking kidding me, man? No, I was in the lyric. I was in the lyric. You know, girl, I got a mirror on my bed and objects are larger than a few, girl. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. You know, I go, I, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the lines. I change them every night, too. I change them up. And, but some things where I thought were funny, I'd stick, you know, roundabout. Yeah. Oh, um, I can't, try, can't think now. This there, is the song you wrote? It's just a spontaneous thing, but it became a big request. Again, the, oh when, my god! When it started getting where people oh, were yeah. again asking for it, like, "Oh, what are you gonna do, Dirty Love?" It's gone. So it's like I always—that's when I knew I retired that bit. We did the Bud Light commercials. It was the same same type of thing. It just became a thing where it it was fun when it was spontaneous. But if, right. when people started wanting them, they just became not good. They just no. you know what I mean. It just lost the whole. Like yeah. you know, now I will say there were sometimes it was good, but 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 for the most part, <laughs> I mean some of those were they were, were pretty rough. Well, but. I did, I wrote a song on the spot one night called Tuesday Night Party, and every night the lyrics were different, but it was it sounded like Elvis Costello, like in the, in the uh, in his most punk era, you know, the late seventies era of Elvis Costello, and it was just you know that kind of thing, and I remember people come up and go, man, I'd say it's an Elvis Costello song even though I wrote it. They go, what? Yeah. And so they come, people come up and go, man, I love that. I love that. What album is that on? I love that song. So that became a bit too. Like I was just like Tuesday night party, Elvis Costello. Do that Elvis Costello song. So we even added that as a bonus track on our uh our, one, of our, on our one of our albums. It's on, it's like it's not listed. It's like if you wait, 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 kind of like the end on the Beatles. Yeah. You know, at the end, our Majesty's a pretty nice girl. Yes, 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 yes. It's like that. You wait, 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 wait. Then all of a sudden, here comes Tuesday Night Party. It's not listed or nothing. And it's just total punk rock. You know what? Before 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 we get into this, before we get into to to the Special Olympic thing, okay. I, th this is something that people need to understand. Everybody that everybody that comes to Nashville listens to music, all that kind of stuff. But definitely when you live shows, you come to Nashville, whatever the case is, explain to people how hard it is to keep a crowd for three hours. Uh, this uh, gigs like the stage and you, you, you could do it. I've seen you do it. Uh, the gigs at the stage, it's a challenge and you have to, you also have to, um, it trains your voice. If you, know, oh, yeah. if you know, I could, I could tell a hairbrush singer a mile away. They, they do one show, 45 minute show and they're shot. You know, it, it, it builds your power and your strength of your voice playing those long sets. Yeah. Also, it's a challenge to, to, if you can get those people focused because bottom line, the basis of a bar, your background music for the people to drink. That's right. Uh, you got to understand that. But if you can win them over, you can have them all look at your way. It's, it's, it's a major accomplishment. I love those moments. Again, I'm not going to turn down the theaters we've been playing the last 10 years. Right. That's right. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't regret that for right. a second, <laughs> uh, but it, it was such a great training ground. Also to find songs that work bits that work, don't work. You know, the, this uh, place like the stage, um, it gave a tryout original material. 
You can slide. You know, if you can make an original song, that's another challenge. You do songs they expect, expect cover. You know, they're, they're excited about, it, and then you throw an original, and it, the show doesn't go down. That's right. Then you know you got something. That's a big reward. Uh, that's yeah. a, uh, see, that's yeah. a that's a big thing. If you are coming to Nashville and you want to, you know, because a lot of people are like, you know, everybody down here is so good. The people on the street are, and it's just not that. And there's no there's no right way of doing it. No, but but my point, I guess, is what I'm saying is that takes time and talent and work. Yeah. And 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 I will say that you know people are, uh, you know, they're like people get signed and you don't. When you go to when you go to Broadway, it is a very difficult, uh, slippery slope, because I think the most talented people are on Broadway. Right, but the bottom line is nobody wants to sign those people. I again, that's true. You think that though, but again, name one. Uh, besides I, Cole Swindell, that was and and really he wasn't even a, a, a staple. When you think of the staples downtown, the 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 or anybody, name somebody that played downtown for a substantial amount of time that was actually signed on. A I'm label. not the best person to ask. There is because I never went downtown. Until it doesn't we matter. There. I'm yeah. telling you right now, yeah. nobody. Right. We, Cole, and we, when my brother and I got signed, we were playing in Murfreesboro. We weren't in downtown. Downtown Nashville. Yeah. It, it, you cannot play downtown Nashville and expect to get signed because these label people do not want somebody. They How many shows have you had where somebody come out and saw you and said, they're just a cover singer? Oh, it's a tough battle to, when uh, on a big scale. I remember one of the people at, uh, we started touring with Kenny Rogers, Savannah Jack. We've done, we ended up doing 66 shows with Kenny Rogers over the, over the years. And uh, one of the people in Kenny Rogers management, um, I just happened to be a fly on the wall, overheard him saying, because why do we have them opening? They're just a bar band from from downtown, right? And we're like, just because we played there, that that was that was a, a means to an end. That was a point to we were go, going through our next stage of our career. That was a big. I love the stage. I love uh, we got we did a live album there. We got to do a little movie with Billy Zane there. We got to um, got so many gigs from playing there. Oh my god, corporate gigs, all kind of good, great. But that's not. Gigs. But that's not. But what you just yeah. said is what really just pisses me off yeah i mean you know after uh, you, you know you you can't that you know the tin roof and the stage and all those places that made my career right and made me who i am today those places were as much to the labels back then you know they did not want to they did not want to discover you downtown nashville no which is really a weird the whole rest of the world thinks yeah, this is down Nashville. That's where people get discovered. What's that great group? Uh, the the um, the Han- Oh gosh, it's uh, just an insane group. That- Did you say? Were you going to say the Hansons? No, not the Hansons. No. Jesus H. No, no, the group that, that played downtown. All they were just they were. Oh, sick. you're talking. You're talking about the Blue Gypsy- Healers. Blue Healers. Oh my. Well, no, the Blue Healers. They played down. They they were the now. See, that's a, that's a, another dichotomy. That's what group I'm thinking about. Yes, yes, and they and they played at uh, at um, Third and Lindsley all the time. They were those kind of places. What, what about the bass player? What about the group? The bass, the awesome bass player. I'm trying to think of his name. Um, going blank, and I know him too. Uh, they they were insane. They played down Broadway all the time. But uh, I forget. The Blue Healers were huge, and they, yeah. and they and they probably did. You know that that's a little bit before. Because they were 05, 06, 07, right? Okay, well, well, my point is that I'll never forget this. This is a true story. Uh, Shotzi Hegman, she's a great publicist. She and, and we used to work. She used to actually be my publicist. She um, she calls me one time. Castle Door. I don't know if you remember this. The Castle Door was the spot for showcases on on Demumbrian on Music Row. 
uh, for a while there. So she calls me and said, hey, I got this act I'm, doing, I'm working with. That I, need you, I need warm bodies. I want to pack the room. But don't you laugh. I went, what do you mean don't laugh? Don, just don't you laugh when you see her. This is a true story. S- swear to God, this is all true. So I get there. Every label is there. All the presidents from the label, all there, right? I look on stage. She's got four keyboard players, four keyboard players, okay? Including guitar, bass, and all that stuff. She got, so I'm like, what is it? I mean, wow, this is going to be something, right? So did they? So her uncle, her uncle it comes out to introduce her. This girl, she's incredible. She's my dear niece, and she's um she's going to be amazing, you know, you get ready for her. She's going to rock your world. Here she is. Whatever her name was. I don't remember. Here it comes. <laughs> so here it comes. It was, the beat was like, you remember Maniac, Flashdance? Maniac, Maniac on the floor. Yeah. It was a, she comes out and she's doing a little, this really white dance. I love country music. It really turns me on, but I also love rock and roll. And like, that was the end of the song. Yeah. And like, and, and she stops and like, everyone's in shock. Like what? Right. So then she, she recovers from that, but I'm, I'm facing a wall. Tears are coming out of my eyes. I'm laughing so hard. She's so bad. She's so bad. Like they spent all this money, have every major record label. I kill to have all these guys there. All the, all the major labels are there to watch her. Right. Dad's a doctor surgeon. Got a crap load of money out of California. He brought, brings his little, you know, his little baby to Nashville. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to recover from that. Like that's why Shotzi told me not to laugh. So th- then she goes, she, she gets on the mic and she goes, okay, it's always been my dream. Uh, it, one, one of the pianos had the um, Liberace candles, what are they called? You know, the Liberace candles. Oh, the um, Cambrabolas. Yeah. Ca- ca- candelabras or whatever they so are. Like, you're right. Yeah. So she, she likes the candle. She likes, she goes, I like this candle because it's been my dream to sing here. No way. Yeah, I swear to God. You can't make this up. That's true. Uh, uh, like I would uh, hope to not. sing in Nashville, Tennessee has been my dream. And then she takes another candle. She goes, and I like this candle because it's been my dream to sing the songs of the great Walt Disney. When you wish. No way. Upon a star <laughs> makes no difference. No way. And I'm about to pee my pants. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. And the, you know, the thing is, of course she's, and it's Whitney Houston. No, it's not. No, she, (laughs) nothing ever came of her daddy. You know, that dad's a classic guy. If you want to, you know, you want want to make a, you know, you make a million dollars in Nashville. It's been two. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, well, I remember going home that night, driving home from this hilarious debacle is that I think it was the blue healers were playing on Broadway to six people in a bar and they were insanely awesome. You know what I mean? Thinking, no one's there to see them. Yeah, you're no, right. They have no labels right. there to see them. They have a, I mean, they're incredible. They have more talent on their pinky than this girl and her entire body and right. her uncle and her father. And no one's there to see them, yet thousands and thousands of dollars were spent on this no talent. And to me, that's the music business in a nutshell. Right. That's exactly right. right and, 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 and so, the, but the issue is, and, I, and, and it took me a long time to understand uh, and, and and we can go move to the next segment, but it took me a long time to understand that, you know, it's not, it is about talent. It is about luck, but at the same time, you know, if you come to Nashville and you want to be whatever it is you want to be, it better be your music better be it. 
because there are other businesses in music and you know this. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can it's make a music business. It's a music business, but if you're trying to be a star, don't play on Broadway in the sense of in the beginning. Right. Like for me, I mean, it, it was the beginning and I Harley Allen. I, oh, I, yeah. I remember Harley. I mean, Harley took me out of the tin roof one night and, and he looked at me straight in the face. He said, Chris, you got to stop. You can't do this. And I just, I couldn't believe it because right. because I loved doing it so much, right? And it was so much fun playing. I loved playing those those songs, whatever the case is. But you know what? I mean, we we played the stage, we played the stage, and that led to us um, uh, during that period that we got our in, a big independent record deal. We did a live album from the stage. We we toured with Kenny Rogers all over the world. Um, so I mean, it, it, my Brazil deal, came, right? My, I, I remember it, you did that. Uh, I mean, I we have we're signed to a label in Brazil to this day, right? And 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 that came from the stage. So the, screw our, them people. I mean, right? But I mean, at the same time, here's the thing: yeah. people that came and went, that were, had careers like careers. Right. We we're still here, right. and they're gone. Chris, you know, I mean that that's that's the kind of weird part about it. I mean, there's I, no question. I say that all the time. I'm, I'm telling you, I feel so blessed in my life. Uh, back in the '90s, I was I I'm, I was young. I was super jealous of my label mates, Doug Stones of the world, all those oh, people. Yeah. I mean, I was su I was super jealous. I couldn't understand why is it so hard for us to get in the top uh, forty. Right. I mean, we're really battling here. Uh, again, we were different. We were more, um, I guess, a little like soul slash country thing. We weren't wearing cowboy hats and the thing. Right. And when I came to town, all my influences were Millsap, Kenny Rogers, Restless Heart, Steve Warner, all those people. That's that's who I wanted to be like and come to town. And when I got here, when I got my deal, there was a big shift in the line dancing. Uh, boot scootin' boogie, oh, yeah. watermelon crawl, yeah. and see, I'm, I have I have nothing against those songs, nothing against it. Ronnie Dunn's one of my favorite singers in the whole wide world. Uh, all those people are wonderful, but um, it's not my cup of tea. Right, and so I'm like going, oh, I didn't know it was going. to, I wish I had got here about, wish I had got my recording career up and running about a decade <laughs> earlier. It would have been more suited. But I mean, that's look what look what music is now. I mean, it's right. rap country. I yeah. mean, so you just you've seen the whole. I've had the most blessed career. I've got to do every single thing I've ever wanted to do, and then some. I've got to travel all over the world. Uh, like I said, after after the Savannah Jack thing, I wanted to go start playing around the world. I said, how am I going to get to play around the world? So I said, oh, headlining cruise ships. Went down there, paid all the money to showcase. We killed it. We Over the last eight years, we've been playing all over the world. Yeah. I mean, literally. We all were, over the world. This year, we were in Antarctica. We played. We were, we were on a cruise ship in Antarctica. You know what? And I wish you would have stayed. This is awful. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but again, but again, I put together um, a year ago. I put together uh, a light switch came on. Kenny Rogers was still with us. He but he was retired a year ago. I'd written two songs for Kenny. We had done sixty six shows with him. So I called up the Kenny Rogers band and said, "Hey guys, I got a great idea. Let's. I want to go out. I'll I'll sing Kenny stuff. Let's go out and put a show together. And it's a huge hit." Uh, that's a, where can people find that at? Is that, that, is that well, somewhere? Go to, go to KennyRogersBand.com. What has the tour dates and all that stuff? As of now, we're still playing in uh, Las Vegas, the South Point Casino, which is around the end of the Strip. Even now, yeah, it's in October. It hasn't been canceled yet. I got you. And if it does get, it'll get just moved. It's yeah, not canceled. Right. But we're doing shows, and we have a great show celebrating the great music of Kenny Rogers, my hero. And we start in the '60s with the first edition, go all the way through. Damn. Stuff. We do the duets. We got the um, we do songs that Kenny recorded first, became number one hits for other people. All that's in, it. and then at the end we do like the Savannah Jack speed round. We do the Kenny Rogers speed round. If there's a song we haven't covered, fans can yell it out. All right, listen. Here's what it. I'll do right now. Yeah. The first person 
the first person to to uh, uh, comment that they want to go to this trip. I'll fly them out if you give them tickets. Okay, you that get, sounds good. Can you give them tickets? I'll I'll hook them up VIP. I'll, I'll fly two people out right now. That's incredible to go to that show. If, if if for the first person that comments that they want to go out there. Well, we gotta make sure the show's still on though. We're at the mercy That's of, fine. It of, doesn't of matter. this virus there. Uh, they have to call? No, I don't want to. Uh, what, what, what are we going to talk we'll about? We'll be IPM. What are we we'll, going to talk about? We'll we're be IPM. All right, all right. Yeah. If you call in, that's what I'll do. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You call in and say you want to go to this show in Vegas, it, whether in October they move. I'll fly you out there Southwest, but South, it's got to be Southwest because the other shit's too expensive. But, but <laughs> I mean, and, and I got points now because, you know, because I'm uh, COVID. Uh, and, and so I'll fly <laughs> you out. So the first person to call in and say, I want to go to that show for Kenny Rogers. October 2nd through the 4th. Okay, that's right. I'll, I'll fly you out there and you got to hook them up. Yeah, now if it gets canceled, we, they, we, can we give them another show? Yes, I don't give a crap when it is. I will fly you, personally fly you out there. You got to give them tickets and VIP them. And the, I love that. All right, let's do it. And the girl that, uh, that I'm... Um, that I'm managing, I'm very proud to say. Let me say this real quick. Another thing, I I pouted like everybody that when this virus first hit. I mean, I was depressed about it because I had my whole schedule for 2020 already done. And we were very blessed that between Savannah Jack and the Kenny Rogers show, I was I was good. So that happened. So uh, I'm very proud to say when that, after I pouted for about two weeks, as good as anybody, um, I, uh, I actually got with the Kenny Rogers band. We made an entire new, brand new Christmas album. It's done. I wrote a brand new Christmas song for it. We did a special Zoom tribute to Kenny Rogers. We sang through the years. All of us got together for that. Um, I'm managing Ashley Amber, who's an incredible new artist, unbelievable great artist. Uh, and I'm also got a new publishing deal. And I've got my own show, Donnell Scotland Show, which I'm very excited to say that um, yeah. August 3rd. Okay, now hold off on yes. that. We're going to get to that. That's next. We yeah. do have our first caller. Uh, what is this? I'm calling for the tickets. All right. Let me hear it. Hello, you're on How Valid is the Validity. Who is this? This is Tom Writings. Oh my God, it's Tom Writings. Tom <laughs> Writings, you, I'm going to fly you out to Vegas in October, uh, COVID willing, to, to yes. go see this, Cal, uh, this uh, Kenny Rogers. Uh, uh, Don Gatlin, Savannah, uh, Savannah, Don Gatlin, Kenny Rogers Band in concert. You ready for that, Tom? Oh, that's awesome, man. Done. Done. Get his get his information. Hey, hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. You owe me huge for this one. Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's uh, awesome. All right. So, we're going out in October. This is going to be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do, you, do you have something else you want to ask? Uh, oh, Don here, the history of, of Nashville? Oh, man. What a great show. It's been, been amazing listening to everything. Cool. That was changed over the years. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and and we appreciate it. So we're going to fly you out to, to, to Vegas in October. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Chris, that's really that's really freaking awesome. No dude. problem, man. Hey, speaking of drinking and, and country music and everything, my brother and I's very first show that we ever opened up for somebody big was, that's how old I am, 1979. Who was it? We opened for Hank Williams Jr. No. Yes, we did. At Ponderosa oh, Park in Salem, Ohio. I, I love Ponderosa. I used to eat there as a kid all the time. No, not the not the restaurant. Oh, I was, <laughs> there was this, there was this great venue called Ponderosa Park in Salem, Ohio. That my brother and I we auditioned to be um, it, you were um, regulars if you got if they liked you. Yeah, and they fell in love with us. So they they literally let us tell me how great this is growing up from age twelve all the way till we ended up headlining later on. But the owner of the park would say, pick out five shows. 
every year. Whoever you want to open up for. They, no way. They bring in the biggest stars in the world every Sunday. It was a big park. It had a pool, uh, you know, uh, fishing, uh, a, a country store, of, uh, you know, buy boots, a great chicken place, all the a bar, great Red, Red Garter Saloon it was called. So he let me pick out, me pick out whatever five acts we want to open for the five different Sundays. So I like, let's just say it was 1981. I'd say, okay, Oak Ridge Boys. They had Elvira out, you know, Oak Ridge Boys will open for them. Barbara Mandrell. Uh, oh, my how God. How about Alabama? We opened for every act in history. Then, the following year, after that happened, we auditioned for the Jamboree USA, which is the second longest running radio show to the Grand Ole Opry. We auditioned for that in Wheeling, West Virginia. Ah! You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. So, we became Wheeling Jamboree members. So, we got to open up on Saturday all the big names that come come in. Eddie Rabbit, Ronnie Millsup, everybody. So, my childhood, I opened for Everybody. You can't name somebody I did not work get to open up for. Between sometimes it'd be Saturday at the Wheeling Jamboree, Sunday. That's why I've known Brad Paisley since he was 11 years old because I was 14 and Brad was 11 when we started working the Jamboree. Jesus we, we, we've known each other since we were kids. That's so. in, unbelievable. Tom, Tom, you there? Yes. All right. Listen, you're not only are you going to d- get to do VIP, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to probably have to drive Dawn around in Vegas. I mean, this guy's this is a big star. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand something. You're gonna be driving around, so I'll pay your flat tickets out there. But just get ready to drive. Well, what I was saying though, thanks. To- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yes, it does. Hey, Tom, we love you. That sounds great, Tom. Uh, we'll see you there, man. <laughs> see ya. Thanks, Tommy. Well, my the girl that I'm managing, Ashley Amber, who's absolutely I think going to be an absolute biggest stars you can get. Going to be playing arenas. Um, she lives in Vegas, so when we go out there. She's going to do the duets with me. Well, then you got to get. We got. I want. I want you. This guy is a good guy for you to get to know. I love it. It's going to be great. I love it. All right, so uh, let let's do uh, let's do a little commercial break, okay. and we'll be back uh, to talk about the Special Olympics and, yes. and Don's uh, show coming up on August third. We'll be right back. Sponsors of how valid is the validity. Aurora Nutriscience. Guidance Whiskey. Sony Mobile. Modern Media Geeks. Titan Motoring, Nashville. Hertz Audison Mobile. Bartronics, Nashville. Goliath Law Group. This is how valid is the validity. <laughs> oh, man. oh my god. Oh my god. Pulling out the glasses for this one. <laughs> I don't even I have a joke I want to say so bad. I'm just not going to say it. So we're here with Don Gatling, uh, who Savannah Jack, uh, and over the years, obviously the history of Nashville is just remarkable. I, I, I never, you know, I would have not, I would have accepted the bottle and the pants more <laughs> had I known how much uh, of a grand poobah you are to the, this freaking town. Oh, that's insane. I mean, what thanks. a story. I mean, you know that that's one thing uh, about this 
this podcast and and, and live stream or whatever that I, I love the show what you're doing I really do man it's, I mean it's it's, great. but this is just it's real and it's and, and you know and people I, I you know I, we I've never really gotten you know Chad Chad too has been running for years doing you know doing the thing and you know we've never really talked about the deep part of it you know of of, of the underground you know, everybody thinks what this place is and uh, that that was that was that was interesting to get into. Uh, we're gonna play your video. Um, what's that? Oh, we're gonna do it at the end. Okay, the end. okay. Well, never mind then. So, what's coming up on August third uh, from six to ten uh, in in Hendersonville? Uh, you usually do this. Uh, it's usually a live concert and golf tournament. Yes, for twenty years I did a uh, celebrity golf tournament for Special Olympics. The first thing I did was Special Olympics. My brother and I did. Um, we we. Uh, did the big event out their their big summer Olympics out at the uh, Vanderbilt Stadium, and uh, Randy Travis sang the national anthem. And we did uh, we did a concert afterwards, passed out the medals to the kids. It was very moving and very inspirational. And I said I want to be a part of this for the, for the rest as long as I can be. So the idea popped in my head to put together a golf tournament, and it was very popular at the time. A lot of golf tournaments going on, so I knew it was going to be a lot of work to get ours recognized. Uh, so the, the thing that really helped me from the get go, people like Vince Gill, uh, jumped on board and said, yeah, Donnie, I'll, he calls me Donnie. Uh, um, I'll play. And that gave me street cred right off the bat. When you get a name like that in there, he's always been so good to me. And guys like the late Joe Diffie was, was, was another one. Sh- you know, what, Don late, La- late Joe, Joe Diffie passed. Y- yes. From the coronavirus actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I knew, um, that. I knew that. I'm sorry. And, um, and he, every time I call someone like Joe Diffie, he'd like, Don, what I need to do. And those guys gave me such street cred and made my, you know, put my tournament on the map. So we raised uh, a lot of money for Special Olympics over the years. Um, a, a couple years ago, we, um, it was not my idea, but I thought it was fantastic. We switched up the golf tournament to do, um, we played at Titan Stadium flag football. We got Seriously? The, yes, we did. And we got all these teams to sign up. You know, it was like 2000 bucks a team. And um, we got all these teams and we played on Titan Stadium. Uh, so to, to change it up, do football instead of golf. Yeah. And uh, it was a big success. And again, we can't do that this year. I put on a special concert at third Lindsley with a big, big lineup. Uh, also last year, uh, um, with a, lot, a lot of great people like Billy Montana, Eddie Raven, Lori Morgan, a lot of people. And uh, so I put this show together, the, the Don Ellis Gatlin show, which I just started doing. I have a special guest each show. Um, and it's been like Ronnie McDowell, a country legend was my last guest a couple nights ago. And it's been going, it's been really, and then the light switch went off again in my head of like, Hey, this is a way we can raise some money for this awesome organization, uh, during this virus right now. So let's, let's put on a, a telethon through the Donnell Scatlin show and ever have it linked up with, you know, with special Olympics link with the Donnell Scatlin link, the either Facebook and YouTube, both. So we have a, I think we have a big, big audience. So I started calling my friends like yourself and I said, I need some great performers like Chris Weaver. And uh, you said, yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. And so Chris is going to be one of the performers on the show. I got a, a few others here. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, one, um, uh, if you haven't seen them, you ever heard of Rockland Road? I have not. Okay. Rockland Road is um, Paul Martin, who was in the group Exile. I do know him. Okay. Paul's amazing. He was in Marty Stewart's band and did the Marty Stewart shows on bass, bass right. player for Marty. His family band, his wife is the daughter of Dwayne Allen from the Oak Ridge Boys. The whole family sings. They are as good as it gets with an unbelievable acapella. Like, they'll do God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Like, crazy, amazing arrangements. 
but they're also great musicians now. It's a family band. They are insanely awesome. They're doing the show. The Farm Hands, which are award-winning goss, I mean, uh, bluegrass. So I'm, I'm covering all the musical bases. Yeah, now. you are. Uh, Buddy Hyatt's coming over to play. You know, he toured. Oh yeah, he toured with Toto. You know, he was in. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, um, George Forbes, a great singer songwriter, um, incredible has incredible gospel voice, and, and you know, he's a just a great, great person, but a great songwriter, great singer, just a big variety of people. Uh, Savannah Jack, of course, going to be there. Jarrett James is going to be performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jarrett's wonderful, and uh, the, and then we're adding people. I mean, on time. a daily basis, it's it's a. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I got some really awesome surprises, uh, but I can't announce them until it's, I understand. I understand. I can't announce them until it's absolutely official because you can't do that. I don't, I don't want to, I never want to mislead people that someone's going to be there, but trust me out there. Got some huge uh, artists that, that are that close to signing up. They're just checking their schedules really. Sure, at this point. Sure. Also, we're doing a live auction, autograph stuff, rare stuff, you know, from art, from great artists. Uh, they're going to be, we're going to do a live auction too. That's always a good money uh, raiser. Sure. For Special Olympics. Um, so all that's going on. And um, again, I appreciate everybody watching that night, August 3rd from 6 to 10 p.m. on the right. Don Ellis Gatlin Show. It's That's that's on YouTube live and on Facebook. And it'll be streaming through Savannah Jack's Facebook, through Special Olympics. And there's a few, a few other outlets that will be showing it that night. Awesome. Don, I can't, I can't tell you how nice it's been to talk to you tonight. Thank you so much for coming Thank down. Thank you so much. I'm, and, and I'm really we, honored to be here. We need to get you back on, and I want to hear more stories. I love it. We'll go to our Blake Shelton stories next time. Oh, my God. We're going to play the uh, Special Olympics thing here. You guys, make sure you tune in August 3rd. I'll be there as well, and uh, Chad's going to even come with me, so it's going to be a good thing. And uh, right, this Chad. is the Live Music Telethon on August 3rd. He's going to uh, wear pants. He's not wearing pants tonight. I, I tell you right now, he Chad's not coming. Uh, Special Olympics on August 3rd to benefit uh, a live music telethon. We'll see you, and I'll be right back after these messages. Thank you so much. And I've been in Music City for 30 years, and also I've been a part of something I'm very, very proud of, and that's Special Olympics for the last 20 years. And we have an amazing event, telethon, unbelievable show, August 3rd, here in Music City with Barnwood Broadcasting I'm teaming up with. 6 to 10 p.m. on that August 3rd date. We're having an incredible show for Special Olympics Telethon. We're going to need all my friends, everybody out there, to spread the word and watch that night. We're having an incredible live auction, incredible performances. We need everyone to join us August 3rd, 6 to 10 p.m. Don't miss it. Sponsors of How Valid is the Validity. Aurora Nutriscience. Guidance Whiskey. Sony Mobile. Modern Media Geeks. Titan Motoring, Nashville. Hertz Audison Mobile. Bartronics, Nashville. Berdoliak Law Group. This is how valid is the validity. Well, I mean that that was that was awesome. That was incredible.
I mean, if Don wants to come every week, I'll just sit over in the chair and listen to the stories. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, if Don, if Don came every week, I, uh, you wouldn't be here at all. I just, I'm I'd just let Don stay here. I'll, I'll just sit over. Oh, Don's taking my bedroom too. <laughs> Dang. Thank you, sir. You guys have a good one. Yeah, take a look at that little thing. It looks like an R two D two died died and had kids. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Died and had kids. He had a kid and died. That's what I meant. Okay. I just the, the history is just amazing. The history is amazing. I mean, what Nashville used to be, and and what it turned into, and what it what it is now. I mean, it's it's just pre, it's pretty epic. It is epic. That's um, in the. I mean, as much as he had of playing a part into that. I mean, right? I mean, I, you know, like I I I have felt that I've I've done my part in Nashville as far as what the band has done. And and how it changed definitely late night downtown. I mean, we 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 had a big Im, you know we were a big influence on that just because of the timing, right? But the thing about it is, and like I was telling him, I mean, you know, you were you are you can be a star in Nashville, mm-hmm. or you can be a star, right? That that's how it works. It's really an interesting uh, world. Well, maybe I've got. I mean, I've been fired from every bar down there. So well, that's probably the best thing that could possibly ever happen to you. I mean, it it made me, you know, it made me go on tour. Right. I mean, it it makes you get out. I mean, you want it, you know. But but what it can do for you here, and see, that's the thing about the coronavirus. Uh, it, It shut down the main part of of what makes Nashville and and the artist really. The, the the artists that are in in town what makes you money is the corporations that are come into town they come and see you play and they want you to play for them right that's where the that's where as far as not being a star uh that's where you make your money is is by playing corporate corporate gigs because they can afford it and and you actually get to feel like you know you're somebody because you're you're making money and they treat you well right and and now that's all gone so, you know, it, it's it's a really interesting time. Uh, the fact that now, you know, Nashville and like many other cities uh, are talking about trying to, you know, they're they're talking again, like we talked about closing down the whole <laughs> the whole street. I oh, mean, at, at ten o'clock tomorrow night. So there is going to be a curfew. Uh, yeah. Uh, so initially, if you served, if you were a bar, but you made at least 50% of your income from food. Right. Uh, you could stay open. Well, obviously people like Steve Smith found ways to make that work, which pissed the mayor off. And he said, you know what? We're not going to do that either. Is that what so, happened? Yeah, well, I can't say directly. That's what happened. I just read into things. Uh, can I have a little bit more volume? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, so yeah, so effective. No, I'm sorry. Ten o'clock Friday night. Um, oh, of course, it's on the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. So because you can only uh, you can only catch coronavirus after ten o'clock at night. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that's everything's closing down. So I mean, it, they're they're but they're ta- they're actually talking about closing down Broadway completely. Right. I mean, it, it's 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 there, there's a there's a there's a something going around right now that they're trying to collect enough uh, uh, what is it, signatures to close the Broadway down completely. Right. Because you, you, they need more room for protest. 
This says it, the, the, the petition is to show Mayor Cooper that there was wide support for closing down Lower Broadway, the most recent activity heat map. See, this is what's killed us. TMZ did a story, right? TMZ had a story on on Nashville not wearing any masks and everybody's down here kissing each other and, and it, there's all kinds of uh, Nashville orgies and whatever the hell's going on and, and they're going to close her down. Restaurants and other businesses that serve alcohol in Nashville and Davidson County will now be required to close by 10 p.m. daily beginning Friday. So, I mean, what's the point? You're going to take... Here, here's, the, here's the big issue and, and this is an issue like you're going you're gonna to close down the service industry who's been making most of their money from unemployment. And that's going to be gone after this week. Right. Actually the 25th, what is the 25th? What day is today's the 22nd. So it's, it's this, it's Friday, Friday or Saturday. Right. Yeah. Is the last day. Cause some States were Saturday. Right. And so legally, legally they're not, States are not allowed to, to give the extra 600 bucks. Because eventually, ultimately, it would come from the states anyway, or the, the the government anyway. Right. So they're not allowed to give it, and and but this is a this is a serious. I mean, all the people in the service industry that I've talked to, this has been the one hindrance of op- reopening is because people are making more money, or as much money staying home, um, as they are working. Yeah, I mean, it, it, even. I mean, there were even some musicians that were doing that. I mean, who were like, hey. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's exactly my point. Yeah. And the fact that some musicians, here, here's my problem with some of this, is that, you know, I've paid taxes, a lot of taxes, right? I've paid a lot of taxes over the years as a musician with my music business. I'm not saying don't help people, but it's kind of a sin you know, the, 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 the heftiness of the sin, right? Right. So if you have somebody that's been downtown working, that's, that's not, that's tried to keep cash and not show any, any income and for them to get the same amount of money that a person that has shown income and paid into the system, because that's essentially what it is, right? You're paying into the system when you pay taxes. And so if you need help that you're getting money back from the system that, so it is a little rough for me to, to watch people that really try to avoid paying. I'm not saying that avoiding paying taxes is, you know, if you can do it legally, you do it. Right. Right. I mean, if you can do it, you do it because who, you know, what the hell, if you're not making a billion bucks a year, you do what you do. Right. But, but the point being is, I mean, there are some people that just are like, I don't, I'm just, it's cash in my pocket. Right. That's a hard one to swallow. And, and to keep going with this, it's $11 billion a week. Wow. Billion. Right. A week uh, with unemployment with this extra 600 bucks. I just want you to know, and, and everybody understand, that, that, that eventually, eventually you have to, this is have to get paid back. This, bill's, this bill has got to be paid somehow. It's got to be paid back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's either going to be an inflation or it's going to, whatever the case is, it's going, it has to be paid back. So that that's, it's, I haven't found anybody that was, is going to, is able to tell me like, how do you put $7 trillion into the economy and, and bread's not going to be $15,000 at the end of next year? I, I haven't been able to, nobody can explain to me how this works, how this works, you know? Well, it's really easy. 
What ten? You, you set up communism. Right. And so, listen, I'm just going to tell you this. Even in the most communistic society, you are not allowed to live here anymore. Okay? I'm just letting you know. So, uh, whatever it takes Thanks. to get you out of this house. Thanks. Okay. That's, so, man, this, this is, show is such a great <laughs> show. <laughs> so, a Florida motorcyclist. Yeah. Have you heard this? Yes. I, I've this. This blows me away. It blows and the, me away. And the, and the fact that they are arguing about it blows me away. Right. They're arguing about it. Yes. Because the art. Okay. So here's what we have. And the fact that this is one example, one example of a plethora. A plethora. And that's exactly right. It's a plethora of situations. You do not know what is going on right now. No matter how much you think you know what's going on you know nothing of what's going on, right? It, 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 it's, it's part of how this situation has happened. To continue, this, to continue this, whatever the hell it is, like nobody knows what they're doing. You realize that this has been going on since February and you still, nobody still knows what the hell's going on? And people, here's the thing. Anybody who tells you that they do know what's going on is a liar. Yes. If because you, there's there's no scientists. There's this has nobody. never happened before. That's right. So we there's not enough data, there's not enough information, there's not enough anything for you to know what's going on. So anybody that says this is exactly what you have to do is a liar. So if you were thinking about going and just, you know, you didn't know what you didn't know what to do. You're bored, didn't know what to do. Let me explain to you. You can't go out and run over protesters. Oh, are we skipping over the motorcycle thing? Um, no, I'm going to come back to that. Okay, okay. Because this goes into this point. So you can't yet run over protesters. You can't civilly yet run over protesters. Let's say, let, let, so basically, to to finish the first story, there's a motorcyclist that that died on the, on his motorcycle in Florida that got counted as a COVID death. They have since reneged that death, but there is an argument that COVID caused it. Yeah, that he could have. They don't have any tests to prove that. Right. But he could have possibly had COVID, which contributed to him to the right to reckon his right. motorcycle. So that that's just so just to give you the absurdity of what the hell's going on right now. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. Uh I've said this time and time again. You read this stuff every day. I'm watching. I'm trying to figure out. But ultimately, it ends up being the same bunch of shit every week. It's the same thing. The pe people are talking about the same thing, and it wrapped up in a different way. It's the, And eventually, Trump said something interesting a, a couple of weeks ago about COVID, which was, you know, pretty. eventually this is going to be gone. And the and and whether he knows what he was saying or not, the truth of the matter is that eventually it will be gone. Whether it's after the election or whether something else happens in the meantime that supersedes it, because truthfully, for a while, right, the protest superseded it and COVID wasn't an issue. Right. But it's it's that that was a great smoke screen for a little while. That didn't work, so Let's come back to this. Don't let the right hand. You right. Hand. You can't. Th this 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 administration at this point can't do anything. 
there's nothing you can do. You can't. Do you realize, I mean, every day people are dying all over the world. There are troops all over the world. There are missiles still everywhere. There was all the shit that was going on. That's been going on is still going on, but it's like not even a thing. We can't even concentrate on it. How do you expect a president of any stature, Democrat or Republican to take on any sort of issues that really concern the United States at this point? You can't, I mean, well, it's, it's, you can't, it, it has, we're we're at a point where there's there's no right, wrong, or indifference. It's it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with best entry of the uh, interest of the of the nation. It's people have a genuine hatred for people. For people, that's exactly right. It's not even about because at the end of the day, four more years of Trump does not solve our problems. You better get that through your head. Four more years of Trump does not do does not solve our problems. Anybody that thinks getting him out of office right now and putting in the 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 puppet that Biden is, anybody that thinks that that's a good idea, is out of your mind. Because even if Trump was the most worthless, nastiest, whatever the case is, whatever you think of him, the Democrats for sure at this point are not putting up a candidate. They're not putting up an Obama. They're not putting up a Clinton. They're putting up somebody that by far could be run like a puppet. I, I I totally agree with that. It is what it is. But to think that four more years of anybody is going to change what is happening right now, you're absolutely out of your mind. So until you change it from the inside, and that's what's going to happen. You understand that because we've been, nothing that we're going through right now is new. So don't wake up in the morning thinking, that protests are new, people getting shot is new, or, or autonomous zones are new. This is we've been doing this year, years and years, decades after decades. It's it's forgetting about it once time passes because nobody looks. Look, look, bring up my computer. Good enough. Turn off. Turn off. No, no, nobody, nobody, nobody thinks that's right. No, at this point in time, this this whole autonomous zone thing, and 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 protesters protesting, nobody thinks this is right. Nobody, anybody with any brains does not, you know, how do you see in Chicago, literally 10,000 people, not social distancing, not masking it up. And then not only that, again, you turn night into or day into night and it just turns into a rioting, nasty, violent purge. It looks like the purge. It, it absolutely looks like the purge. Yeah. Me and my dad, I, I, I showed my dad the purge. And 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 now everything's the purge. Matter of fact, he wants me and my brother to to purge it out for their love. Craig will win. Wow, wow, I was just joking. He's get, he's got the kids. I mean, you know what? You know what? Okay, so I was getting into you before I was going to 
surpass the, what was I saying about, I was going to another level. Yeah, so we did the motorcycle thing. Right, but I was going to go someplace else, and you were like, do you want to do that before you go into the motorcycle thing? I was just confused if we were bypassing. What is it? uh, No, screw it. If you don't think you're in the greatest country in the world, all right, after even through all the crap we're going through, America, in Egypt, in Egypt right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're having a debate between freedom and debauchery. Well, to make it even more simple, they are arresting people because of TikTok. Exactly. And I didn't and that that was going to be uh something that I was going to say, Chad, and that I was going to roll out and be like it was going to be something that was like dun dun dun, it was going to be dramatic, me being dramatic and then you just had to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I would draw my previous statement. Do you want to explain why? Yes, okay. Okay. Can you bring up bring her up? This woman TikTok lady. TikTok lady. I mean this, this she's a belly dancer. I I wouldn't I wouldn't even know where to start with her belly. Oh but, my god. But her face I got to admit I, her face reminds me of somebody. She kind of looks like Monica Gumby. Lewinsky. Gumby. She looks like Monica, Monica Lewinsky. Lewinsky. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> She is going to jail for three years. For three putting, years? Three years for putting up a TikTok video in Egypt uh, that was that was considered debauchery. Considered debauchery. This is what's going on while the United States fights COVID and, and uh, systemic racism. This is in Africa. Right. So... Can somebody explain to me what the is going on when in Egypt, their main concern is putting somebody in jail for debauchery and we're putting these two people in jail. These two people could go to jail forever. Bonnie and Clyde. These two. With her her non-functioning pistol. Right. It looks like from the knuckle down, she look from a knuckle up, she looks like James Bond. But the rest of it. <laughs> it said, uh, the, the, I guess her lawyer said that it was never a functioning weapon. I, I don't care. I, I got to be honest with you. I'll take anybody's opinion right now. Call in and tell me right now that these two people are wrong. Tell me they're wrong. So it, it said in the article that, uh, you know, obviously. Missouri's governor is weighed in at this point. Um, oh, he's but, not going to let him go to jail. Right. But, but I was reading in the article, um, Missouri has a, a stand your ground law, um, which a, a lot of states do. Um, Alabama has one, which is obviously the one I'm most familiar with. But um, And it said that the, the argument was these people, um, I guess these this couple was saying, these people broke through the gate. The protesters are saying, no, the gate was unlocked. Well, I don't know how law works in Missouri, but in Alabama, if you go through the gate, you're still on somebody else's property. Like it doesn't matter. If it's, it doesn't matter if your front there, door's well, unlocked, well, nobody here, can just come in. Right. So they're, they're, they're getting nailed for what, what is felony, uh, uh, felony, um, uh, 
brandishing a weapon in front of people, essentially. Not not just pulling a weapon out, but but put pulling a weapon out in front of somebody. That's what the charges are. Right. But, but these people have already they've already got their weapons taken away from them. Some they they were they got them everything was confiscated that somebody came in and and did that whole thing. I mean, well, they they got a search warrant for their house, and they searched their house, confiscated the weapons. Which, anytime you have a crime that involves a weapon, it's not uncommon for those weapons to be taken until they're returned by a judge or they're taken away. I mean, do you honestly judge. think they're going to get those guns back? Uh, not according to the prosecutor. They're not going to get them back. I mean, I don't understand how that works by itself. But the bottom line is, okay, so you you go there, you go there with it. That's that. So I know where I was going to go. So you get run over. Right. Let's say there's a group of uh, here's here's an interesting situation. You get you're in you're you're traveling down the interstate, okay, and and there's a group of pro, uh, protesters, prostitutes. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I was going to say. I wanted. Why, why was I going to say prostitute? Yeah, that's just been on your mind, obviously. Um, but you have a group of protesters that are are blocking the interstate because that's a, a brilliant thing to do, right? So you stop. You stop. Collaborate and listen. Right. You stop, and a group of these people surround your vehicle. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing legally you can do about it. You can call the police and have the police come and remove them from your passage. But you cannot legally, you are not allowed to use force against them that isn't, if, if you were to hit them, it has to be as much force as you are getting from them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, I, I kind of want to know what your thought is on this. Uh you're in a group, you're, you, you stop at a group of protesters. They surround your car. You can't leave. What do you do? What is your, what, what do you do? Yeah, I mean. I don't, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I mean, you're, you're kind of screwed either way. I mean, you just stop and you just chill out, right? You accept the fact and you just wait for them to be as, done. As long as they're not harming your car trying to remove you from it right and that that's what i'm saying like you can't <laughs> so what this has brought up is legislators from different states are turning into this situation where they're trying to figure out okay we've got to some laws have to be enacted here so we're not going to take away the the criminal law which is if you run over somebody you're going to get in trouble criminally Right. They're trying to pass laws that uh, give you immunity against civil lawsuits, which means coming after you for money. Right. So in Tennessee, they tried to pass a law recently, didn't get passed. But there's across the country, this is an issue. 66 people uh, in the past, since Jan since February, have gotten run over. I I have no ill will towards this. The problem you got is that in these is the bad apples, the people that speed through. Can you bring up, can you find that clip of that guy in Atlanta? Because here's, this is a case that's going on right now, trying to figure out 
what they're going to do with this guy because he literally just plowed through them. I, I mean, okay, it's it's a plow through, but I mean, the thing about it is like, I don't know if we have it. Do we have it? You might have to look it up. Um, but on the other side of that, you have law enforcement, so, a, law, a, a, law, a detective. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is how do you, in, this, in today's society, right? In today's society, how are you putting this stuff out? After two pro these two, this was in Seattle that they got plowed through. I mean, just literally, they flew. This one flew through the air. He posts a meme that says, all lives splatter. A detective did? That's correct. Oh, my God. Yes. All I, how, are you just asking to get fired? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, that, that's all you're doing. You're, that, that, to me, is the breaking point. I'm done. That being said, that man, here's an interesting concept. That guy looked like he went around a van. It looked like he, I mean, he was flying. Chad, I mean, he, we're on the interstate, though. Right. These people stopped on an interstate, right? Um, this is graphic. Yeah. Holy cow. Do you have it? Okay. Let's watch it. Warning, this is graphic content. It is. Now, that right now is is the biggest one, the biggest case in the whole situation. That one girl died. She was twenty four years old. Died. Now, he was a a black driver. He was he was black driving the car. Right. Okay. To a Black Lives Matter situation. Right. So I mean, so my question to you is: This is all kinds of conundrums. Well, so first of all, just at at, at a basic standpoint you have to work this from an accident investigation point and determine um i guess it's it's kind of hard to tell but it looks like possibly there's a curve there so i mean if he came around the curve he was doing the speed limit there's that was not a curve i don't i'm not going to show that video again but it was he was it was a van that was parked right i saw the van so. so he was going around that right but there was no let up which the van oh, yeah, by I mean, the, the van by itself should have slowed him down, right? Right. So my point to you is this, and 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 my question in general. I mean, I I would like to talk to, you know, somebody that would that would be on the scene at that point in time, or or that would be dealing with it because when they did. So the issue is with this situation when they did finally get to, when cops did get to the scene, they didn't arrest him. They didn't pull him out. They didn't even ask for his driver. They were talking to him. And people were yelling, you know, why, why aren't you arresting him? Why, whatever the case is. And you've got to figure this stuff out because, I mean, you, you, you really have, you're on the interstate, which is 70, what, in, I'm, I'm sure it's at least 70. 70 miles an hour, sure. But what if you're on your phone? Which you're not supposed to be. But right. Yeah. But, but, but that, you just took a person's life who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. So, which is, which is why I'm saying you have to start with, a basic accident investigation first. So they're going before they make an arrest, which is not uncommon in any vehicular homicide. Um, with the exception of, I mean, if, if the guy's intoxicated, obviously they can make that arrest right, right then. But, 
Um, in, in most cases, at least in my experience as a police officer, um, you're going to work the, you're going to work the crash first and then you're going to do one of two things. Either you have, well, one of three things maybe. So either you, your job is a first step is to determine, determine, determine (laughs) the, uh, you know, the cause of the accident or the what we would call the primary contributing serpents circumstances. I can't talk to not to save my life. It's all right. But, but before you go so, any further, you're right. Okay. So the point, the, the, the story in the Tennessee today is that you can't, that what this person did it is whether or not he had stopped and people surrounded his car and he drove through them or he did that as an accident. Right. Is that an intentional act? Is that a felony? Uh, it it could, if it was an intentional act, yes, it would be. But how can you say it's, how can you say it's intentional? How can you say it's intentional? I mean, he did not go down there to, to, to search those because he stopped. Right. I mean, right. I mean, I get that. And that's why I'm saying, you have to conduct a full accident investigation. They're going to mark that off. They're going to they're going to measure skid marks. They're going to. There were no skid marks. Well, until I mean, he, I but, mean seriously, but, uh, I I mean I, I get that, but you're going to you're going to find point of impact. You're going to those there guys. Look, accident investigation was never my thing. I did not enjoy it, but there are guys who do and who are very good at it. And those guys, they can tell you exactly how fast he was going. They can tell you, they can find the point of impact. They can tell you everything about that. And and, in fairness, you also have a lot of those guys who retire from being cops, and then they get hired by insurance companies to do the exact same thing for them. The opposite. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But but what you're going to do is you're going to find out, was was he distracted by something else? Was he was he doing something reckless? Um, was was it an accident? Was it he overcorrected when he saw the van? Was it? And, and I'm not. I can't make any of that based on that video. It's. I mean, it would be really easy to make sure. that judgment. Sure. But I'm just saying you, you're going to go through and you're going to you're going to reconstruct. I mean, there are guys who. Their job is accident reconstruction. They redo the whole thing and they take it step by step. And you're either going to clear the person, you're going to sign a warrant for them, or you're going to send it to a grand jury and let a grand jury decide. So you're going to let, you know, 15 people vote and say, yes, it meets this crime or it doesn't. And if they say it does, then they issue a warrant, a grand jury warrant, or they dismiss the case and say there's not enough evidence. That, that to me, I, I mean, of all the videos I've seen online, that was probably the, the most brutal. I mean, oh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, but if, but there look, again, look, I mean, I, I've, I've, it's, it, there's, I've, I've seen it with firsthand have, have worked accidents where you, you had a homeless, uh, we had a homeless guy who wandered into, uh, on, on a U.S. highway. It was dark outside dressed in all black colors the car never saw him coming i mean obliterated him it was horrible Um, it was whose fault's that it was the it was the guys i mean he's crossing a u.s highway where he has no business to be yes 
So protesters, from what I've seen, and we can end on this, but I mean, the protesters, from what I've seen, it's like the interstate doesn't isn't playing a factor into what their abilities are as far as getting run over, that kind of thing. I mean, it, it so, seems like whether they're on the interstate or they're in town, it's the same thing. Well, so, so first of all, just to, just to clarify, if you are on a, a public highway and you don't, they, they don't have a permission to be there, that's disorderly conduct. It's if you're impeding traffic, you can go to jail. If you're impeding traffic, yes. If you actually take the pedestrian <laughs> out of the traffic, now does that matter? If you if if you use your vehicle to take them away from the traffic, is that maybe? You, no, I'm saying you, as a, say, as the pedestrian, right? But like could you, you say I was just trying to get them away from the trouble <laughs> using the front end of my Chevy, uh, big Chevy van, whatever. whatever. So. Oh man, it's it's been a good show tonight. I, I've are we gonna talk? Are we gonna talk about the Kentucky thing? I I wanted to talk about this. The Kentucky thing. Yeah, one of the stories that you gave me. This this couple that would had to wear ankle braces. I mean, house arrest. Let's talk about it. But let, let's let, let, let's talk about it. But let's have a, a, our sponsors for tonight here. One more time. Sponsors of how valid is the validity? Aurora Nutriscience. Guidance Whiskey, Sony Mobile, Modern Media Geeks, Titan Motoring, Nashville, Hertz Audison Mobile, Bartronics, Nashville, Bergoliac Law Group, This is how valid is the validity. Well, I tell you what, we're going to save it for next week. We've had a we've had a, a longer night. Than, yeah, because I really want to I, I want to delve into uh, you're some right. of the, the logistics. You're and right. Really get legal. I cannot talk to say yeah, it's really to bad tonight. Legality really bad. of it. It's I want to really get bad. into the legality of it. We'd like to thank uh, Aurora NutriScience, Guidance Whiskey, uh, and uh, the the Sony Mobile, and and uh, the rest of our uh, sponsors who help us uh, perform this show every week. We appreciate you very much. Uh, you can uh, always get a hold of us and let us know about topics and Rick's technology today. Make sure that you listen to Rick's technology today. Uh, as we uh, move on and then song of the week this week we are so happy that you uh, joined us tonight for a great how valid is the validity make sure you join in August 3rd for Don Gatling's uh, special Olympic tribute uh, special Olympic uh, fundraiser and uh, me and Chad will be there to sing a few songs as well what a great interview that was it was it was a good one we appreciate you guys very much and we'll see you next Wednesday on how valid is the validity thanks so much